You know, the other day, Dan Griff and I were having a chat, and he said something to me that really touched me. And of course, it, it's, he, he said to me, he said, you spoke a message about four and a half years ago that altered my life. Now, when anyone says something like that to me, I got to tell you, that's the greatest reward of my life, to know that somehow I'm connecting God's word with God's people, and I'm connecting God's people with God's word. And for somebody to say, the word has helped me, or the word has encouraged me, or even as Dan said, he really began to just change his life, I, I was just blown away and grateful to God that I could have any part in anything like that. But he shared that it was the message that I talked about four and a half years ago when my daughter Carissa and I came back from walking the Camino. To the, the Camino de Santiago is a, an 800 kilometer hike that starts in the Pyrenees, at the base of the Pyrenees in France, and goes 800 kilometers to uh, Santiago de Compostela, and then another 100 to Finisterre, which is the ocean literally walking across Spain. But the goal is to get to Santiago. Um, and of course, you know, uh, tradition says that Santiago is a special place because supposedly it actually has the bones of James the Apostle. I don't know about that, but I know it was a great, great journey that we went on. It took us 37 days, and uh, 32 of those were walking days, four were rest days. But you have a lot of time to think in a time like that, in a situation like that. A lot of things come into focus and get clearer and clearer. And so when Dan mentioned this to me, I thought, I'm going to go back and look at this word <laughs> that helped him. And you know what? I looked at it, and it helped me. <laughs> and it helped me again. And I'm just thinking, I want to share this with you today because it's a living, you know, word. The word of God is living. But these thoughts, and, and what all I did is I came back and I shared thoughts that I had while I was thinking deep for many, many days, for weeks, on this long walk with my daughter and I want to share these thoughts with you as we step into this new year because I think they are relevant for us this morning. And so, after days and days of walking and thinking and talking and even days of silence, not because we were mad, just because we were drinking in everything that was wonderful, I came back and wrote down five thoughts from the Camino. And the first thought was the thought of simplicity. Or maybe I could say the thought of an uncluttered life. Just simplicity. Winston Churchill once said, all great things are simple. And he went on to say, and many can be expressed in a simple word. It's kind of like the day in Matthew chapter 22 when uh, in verse 34, when the Pharisees heard uh, that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law? 613 commands. Which one is the most important in the law? Jesus replied, 
You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, all the other commandments and demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. These two. From 613, <laughs> Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the books of the law, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of do not, do not, do not. And Jesus simplified them with two do's. Do this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And love each other, your neighbor, as you love yourself. I tell you, there is a joy in simplicity. I mean, imagine the law, the law, the law, the law, the law, the don't do it. But the simplicity of, I love you, Jesus. And I love you, my brother, and my sister, and my neighbor, and my friend. There is a joy in simplicity. Or how about, how about this? Lord, how do you want me to live? How do you want me to live? At home, at work, in my business, in my career, in my, in my health, with my kids, with my wife or husband. Lord, I just, what do you require of me, Lord? What do you require of me? Just see, I just, sometimes it's just so confusing, God. What do you want from me? What do you want, God? And we read in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justly. to love mercy, to walk humbly before your God. How simple, how beautiful, how life-giving and life-sustaining the beauty of just this simple life that does justice, that loves mercy, and, and the word there also means kindness, and to just walk humbly before God. And for me, there we were on those days of walking across Spain, no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram for several weeks. And by the way, that's one of the ways right now I'm pre-fasting to get ready for this big fast that I feel in my heart will be so life-changing for us and for others. I've already just stepped back all this week. I have no idea what's happening in the world. I have no idea about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and even my news feeds. I've just moved them all aside. And the only thing I've been looking at this week is God's Word all week long. All week long. I'm going to try to shred the Bible in the next few weeks. And all I'm doing right now is just going to, to, to the... I'm trying to get ready and get myself ready for a fast that could change our life and our church. You know... This year, I will have been a Christian for 60 years. This year, I will have been in full-time ministry as a full-time pastor for 43 years. And you know what? This is what I know. The things that really matter, you can count on one hand. The older I get, the more I see how simple this really is. 
Seemed like when I was younger, it just seemed busy and complicated, you know. But honestly, honestly, I can count on one hand the things that really matter. Love God. Love God. Love Him. Love my wife. Love her. Love her. Be faithful to her. Be faithful to my wife. Walk in integrity. Walk with authenticity, you know. Walk with integrity. Serve others. That just leaves this hand open for a nice mug of cappuccino. <laughs> that just my whole life. It's just, so, it's just so wonderful. This, and now I can do this. And it's just fantastic. Our lives can be so scattered. We can be scurrying and scampering and hurry and worry. And we're so noisy. We're so noisy. And we're so busy. And everything is so fast. But there is a beauty. And there is a, a contentment in simplicity. Paul was trying to teach Timothy about this so Timothy could teach the church at Ephesus. Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus and Paul was trying to show Timothy the beauty, the beauty, the majesty, the wonder of simplicity. And he says in 1 Timothy 6 in verse 6, now godliness, godlikeness, like godness, godliness and contentment is great gain. Great gain is what most people spend their whole lives pursuing and seeking and hurrying and worrying and scurrying and all these things. And here's what Paul says, godlikeness, godliness, and contentment is great. It's great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. Come on. Every single one of us were born butt-naked little babies with curly, maybe, or straight hair or no hair. But every one of us came into this world with absolutely nothing. And he says, it's certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing. He's talking about contentment. Now, godliness with contentment. How much do we need to be content? He said, with these, we shall be content. Food and clothing. So, for days on the Camino, I thought about simplicity and its beauty and how desirable it is and how I want to live an uncluttered life. Secondly, I thought about signposts. Signposts pointing the way to Santiago. <laughs> signposts. And uh, they're everywhere. And uh, they were normally a little scallop shell uh, with an arrow. And uh, just the, the, uh, the, the signposts are just so wonderful. The, the Camino in Spanish means the way in English. So this is the way. And to have signposts out there to show me the way. Oh, 
Every time I would see one, it would just be like wonderful. It would just be like wonderful because you just need to know you're going the right way. And sometimes, you know, when, when I would go uh, for hours and not see a signpost, I'd get worried. Oh no, have we missed a turn? Are we going somewhere else? All of a sudden, without meaning to, I'm not headed to Santiago anymore. I just didn't catch the sight. I didn't see the turn. I missed it. I got maybe way later distracted, or I was talking, or I was looking down. And all of a sudden now, all of this wasted energy, these wasted kilometers, this wasted weight in my backpack, and I'm not even going where I'm supposed to be going, and the anxiety of not knowing, and the stress of not knowing, and, but there, and, and sometimes when that would happen, I would go back until I found the last signpost I saw, turn around, and start again, because I didn't want to go too far without a signpost. You need to know you're going the right way. And there's a thousand things right now to turn your head in so many different directions, but you need to know you're going the right way. The comfort, the assurance that you are on track, that you've not missed the turn, that you've not wandered off course. Oh, there is a joy and there is a security and there is a freedom and a release in seeing a signpost this way this way. You're on track. Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is our best signpost. Amen. The message says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. How many know the path the last couple of years has been dark and darker, it seems like. But his word is the way. His word shows me the way. Psalm 119, verse 1 through 3 says, You're blessed when you stay on course. Don't get off course. Don't get off course. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed. When you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. Don't go off on some tangent. Don't go off following this voice or that voice. No. Walk straight along the road he has set. You know the truth, the reality, is that life is hard enough. The journey is hard enough. Raising kids is hard enough. Marriage is hard enough. The Camino is hard enough. And the burden that we carry on our back is hard enough. It's hard enough when we're going the right way. It's hard enough when we're on track, let alone when we're going the wrong way. It's hard when we're going the right way. The journey can be hard. But how much harder is it when we're going the wrong way? Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, uh, in the Spanish Bible, Jesus says, I am the camino. Yo soy camino. I am the Camino. That's what it says in the Spanish Bible. He is also the truth and the life. Jesus said, I am the Camino. I am the way. 
Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding gives favor, but the way, the camino of the transgressor is hard. If you think it's hard going the right way, how much harder is it going the wrong way? The way of the transgressor is hard. The camino of the transgressor is hard because he does not have or heed the signposts pointing to the way. I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. Oh, I love this. This is one of my favorite walking and hiking scriptures. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. I fell in love with signposts for 900 kilometers. And they helped me, and they brought security and peace to me. And I did not mind using all the energy I had as long as I knew I was headed in the right way. Simplicity, signposts, and this thought, singleness of purpose. We read about Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10. Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city. He was going somewhere in his mind, in his heart, in his spirit. He was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham was on his way. He was on the Camino to a city. Everything we did, my daughter Carissa and I, everything we did on the Camino was done with a singleness of purpose, and that was to arrive at Santiago de Compostela. Everything was focused on that, arriving there, walking, every, it was single purpose. Why are we doing Because we're going somewhere. Everything, the walking, the eating, the sleeping, everything we carried in our backpacks, everything we didn't carry in our backpacks focused us on one goal, which reminds me, early in the piece, we come across this little uh, 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 festival, and they were selling these beautiful sausages. And I thought, oh my goodness, look at that sausage. And I bought it, and I put it in my backpack, and like carried it for two weeks. What a waste. What a waste. So everything, singleness, singleness of purpose. The journey was a delight, but there was purpose in every step. Sometimes there was pain in every step. I had weeks of plantar fasciae. There were times my feet hurt so bad. There were times my back hurt so bad. Sometimes, there was purpose in every step. Sometimes there was pain in every step, but the pain was not greater than the purpose. And I'm going to say that again, because sometimes there is pain along the way. But I have to tell you, I had pain, but it was not greater than the purpose. Our purpose, our journey as Christians is the same as Abraham's. Our Camino that we are all on today 
is described in Hebrews 12 and verse 18. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai when God gave them the laws. No. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You have come to God himself, who is the judge of all people. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which graciously forgives instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel does. No, this is where we're headed. This is where we're going, to this city, to this heavenly place, to this new Jerusalem, to this glorious place. This is our Camino. Our lives have a singleness of purpose, and that is to have a walk toward God and a walk that is pleasing to God. This is our Camino. This is our walk. We read in Colossians 1.10 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God singleness of purpose. Your life and my life, single in our focus and in our purpose. Now on about day 24 of the Camino, there is a very notable place. If you read the trail books or if you're preparing, there's a place there called the Cruz de Ferro, the Cross of Iron. And everyone is encouraged to bring a stone from home. So wherever you come from, all over the world, and millions and millions walk the Camino. And that stone represents a sin, a burden, a bitterness, a heartache, a heartbreak. And so what pilgrims have been doing now for about a thousand years is they walk up, and by the way, all these stones through the centuries have made a mountain. And as people walk up to the foot of the mountain, of the cross of iron, they take their sin, their burden, their habit, their whatever it is, their, the, the thing that's terrible in their life, and they write it. They write it on the stone before they come, and then they lay it there at the foot of the cross. Now, that day that we were going, Chris and I had met at the very beginning, at day one, we had met a doctor, an older doctor and her partner. And they became friends because we would run into them all along the way. We saw them the very first day, and we saw them the very last day, and we would see them several times in between. Now, they were not uh, believers, but they were wonderful people, wonderful people, and we enjoyed what little time we got to be with him. The man's name was Morris, and Morris asked me just the day before the cross of iron. He asked me, he said, so Jack, is this a religious Camino for you? Because people Many people hike it as a religious Camino, a pilgrimage. Others, it's just a secular walk. And I knew what he meant when he asked me the question, because many times he would hear me say something like, well, Lord willing, we'll do this, or, you know, well, by the grace of God, we're there. And so he had heard me say things like that. And so he finally, on about that 24th day, asked me the question, "Um, is this a religious uh, journey for you? And I said, you know, Morris, tomorrow... We're going to the Cruz de Ferro. He said, what is that? He didn't even know about it. 
And I said, well, let me, let me share with you. Let me answer your question like this. I said, at the cruise de Pharaoh, this is where people go. They bring a stone from home, and they lay it down at the cruise. I said, Morris, there is no sin that I have committed that Christ hasn't forgiven. I said, there is no burden that I have borne that Christ hasn't lifted. I said, there is no heartache I have known that Christ hasn't healed. But I have a stone from home, and I'm walking up there tomorrow, and what I have written on it is gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. So yes, in a way, this is a spiritual pilgrimage for us, but maybe not religious as you might think. Simplicity. Signposts. Singleness of purpose. Forethought. Stay the course. Stick with it. Stay at it. Continuous. Daily. Day by day. Don't quit. Stay the course. Stay the course. Some days are up and some days are down. Some days are hot. Some days are cold. Some days are dry. Some days are wet. Some days there's, there's, there's lots of villages in between. Other days there's no villages in between. Stay the course. Stay the course. We take great ground with a steady and a consistent walk. That's what we're all about. We're not about giant leaps. We're about daily walks. Now look, nobody can walk 900 kilometers, but just about anybody can walk one, or five, or 10, or 20. But you just walk it again the next day, and again the next day. Some people say to me, how do you walk so far? Well, I just take a few steps, and those steps add up to a lot of steps, and the next thing you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's not a race. It's not a race. It's a walk of consistency. It's a day-by-day walk. Look, anyone can be faithful for a day. Anyone can have integrity for a day. Anyone can do the right thing for a day or even a week or a season. But we read in Hebrews 13, 7, the last part of the verse says, there should be a consistency that runs through us all. Isaiah 28, the prophet said, for precept must be upon precept. It's precept upon precept. It's line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. Here a little, there a little. A lot of a little becomes a lot of a lot. We live our lives day by day, stay the course. A little becomes a lot over time. Simplicity, signposts, singleness of purpose, stay the course, and if our team can come back up, I want to finish with the fifth thought, and that is state your attitude early and daily. (laughs) Say it out loud. And of course, we've been talking about this for, for a few months. State your attitude. Look, don't let the day declare your attitude. Let your attitude declare the day. I mean it. I mean it. I already knew my day before I put on my backpack. 
I'd already stated my day. I'd already stated my attitude. I'd already stated out loud. And I would put, before I would step out the door, I don't know what I'm going to run into today, but every day I would declare, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm walking with Doc. My daughter is Dr. Chrissa Haynes. Every now and then we would run into Grumpy. Sometimes I was a little sleepy. Every now and then I was sneezy. We made up a new one of Stinky. You know, I, don't, I think there was more than seven of those doors. But I would decree every single day, I'm happy. Now, sometimes the day brings people and problems that are difficult. It's just, it's just the way it is. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, that uh, you're going to run into people and they're a problem. But I'm the only one that can choose what attitude I'm going to have today. I cannot choose what the day brings to me, but I can choose what I'm going to bring to the day. Some days the walk is long. Some days the walk is hot. But I'm happy. And I'm grateful. And I'm blessed. And I loved every day of it. The day is what it is. But the day doesn't define me. The day doesn't rule me. The day doesn't make me. I'm already me before the day starts. And I state my attitude every day. Well, these are 37 of some of the most wonderful days I've ever lived on this planet. To be with my daughter and to do this wonderful hike. But what we brought back from it is more than photographs. We brought back from it thoughts, life-giving and life-changing thoughts that I could think for hours deeply. The thought of simplicity. The thought of signposts. The thought of singleness of purpose. The thought of stay the course. And the thought of state your attitude every single day. Would you please stand and let me pray for you this morning? I think this word is a good word for the launch of a new year. What about if in 2022, we just begin to embrace the beauty of simplicity? You know, life is not about how much more you can add. To be honest with you, life is more about what you can take away. I remember years ago, Lori Montague, the, the uh, professional golf coach for the women's team in Australia, was in our church for some years. And Lori said to me, he said, the game of golf is not a game of addition. It's not what you need to add to your game. He said, the game of golf is a game of subtraction. It's what you take away. Take that out, take that out, and take that out. I wonder if you would consider embracing the beauty of simplicity and uncluttering. And I wonder if you would not be distracted and get off course, but keep your eye looking every day hourly. I would look hourly. I would look for the signposts that I'm on the right path. And I didn't have 10 things to do that day. I mean, I had 10 minor things, but they all focused to the one major thing, and that was to reach my destination. And then we just stuck with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with your faith. Stick with the house of God. Stick with the people of God. Stick with the purpose and the plan of God. Stick with it. 
and state your attitude. How about you wake up every morning and you just declare who you are and what you are for the day. My Father, I thank you for this precious congregation that my wife and I have had the privilege now for many decades of serving. And we serve them with all of our heart. And I pray maybe someone else would have the same testimony today that Dan spoke to me the other day. Someone could say, my life began to change that day. Lord, I would have no greater joy than if that happened. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.